Welcome to the Expected Victory Podcast, a podcast about overcoming barriers that are preventing us from experiencing the victories we expect to achieve in our lives. Each week, we'll discuss real-life situations that sometimes prevent us from being the best versions of ourselves, and then look at tools and tricks to overcome or bypass these barriers. I'm your host, Dr. Vicki Harris. Welcome back, Dr. Vicki Harris, and today I have a guest. Her name is... Nakia Hearn. Nakia Hearn is a mother too. She has been married for about almost, I think, seven years this year. Going on seven years. She works at a Fortune 500 company where she has a team of folks under her. She um, can be seen on, I think, for the Black History Month last year, she won an award. Mm -hmm. Um, So she also has uh, won an award or is on the front page of her company's webpage for diversity and minority and women's leadership women's month women's yes it was women's history month i am sitting with someone who's a powerhouse quote unquote has it all theoretically (laughs) and works hard has a good career has a husband has two children who are healthy um she has a good family and a good friend corset so so that is a synopsis of miss nakia it's easier than saying hey Tell me about yourself. <laughs> that puts you on the spot. Yeah, it's so like, much harder oh, to do. Uh, yeah. But then and, it's embarrassing, like, when somebody's talking about you, because you're like, oh, well, thank you. I mean, yay. That is me, ain't it? Yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we forget how mm-hmm. great we really are, how Man. impressive we are. So, yeah, this is Mrs. Mrs. Nakia Hearn. Yes. So, thank you for joining my podcast. You are my first interviewee. And I think this will be, it's going to be fun. This is going to be fun. And it's going to be different. So for all, all those, I'm a podcast novice and I'm doing my best to do my audio. And this will be me trying to, to make sure that these edits are make sense. So, <laughs> but me and her are just going to have a girlfriend talk conversation, yeah. which is really strange because that's not how we refer to this at all. No. It is, hey. The kids are playing. Let's get away. <laughs> okay. And have a conversation that doesn't surround children. Oh, my goodness. Or, or with our husbands because we Man. see them every single day. Every day. And and because we are all working from home, we see them every day. All day. All day. Yes. There is no separation of church and state. I have not missed you because I do not have the opportunity to miss you. Because we work in the same house. We don't really call it girlfriend's house. It's like, yay, there's another person here that I can talk to. Yes. That is <laughs> that doesn't live in my house. <laughs> that doesn't doesn't ask me for things. They don't need me to get them snacks or cook them dinner. No. God. Although if you had some snacks right now, I would take them. <laughs> so today's topic is going to be therapy. Yes. So um, I am comfortable stating that. I currently see a therapist. I actually see two therapists now, but we'll talk about that at some other point. Hmm. Uh, I actually see a therapist. I participated in an intensive outpatient program where I was um, in direct in directing group sessions, uh, three hours a day, five days a week for four months, and there was you know homework outside of the sessions. And um, so I am a proponent of therapy. Uh, for me, um, I was diagnosed with all kinds of fun, fun descriptors, depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. complex PTSD. But 
I had to go through a lot in order to get healthy. And and that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to mm-hmm. talk about when people, and, and I will state that I am an, I am a special case. I, uh, not everyone has the level of trauma that I've experienced, right? but it doesn't, it doesn't take away anyone else's trauma or what they feel. So when we're trying to get over something, what does that feel like? And right. then when it's someone who has some tra- some serious traumatic hurdles to get over, mm-hmm. what that really looks like. Everyone could be in a place where, okay, I, you know, I, I something happened to me and it's caused me harm and it's, it's scarred me or it's put me in some place. Mm-hmm. Everyone has those moments. Right, right. And so, so we'll flush it out as we, yeah. as we, as we go along. So right. I will say that whenever you're trying to heal for something from something, mm-hmm. it, that requires a significant amount of work. A, a significant amount of work. Absolutely. And it's just like a surgery. It, it's just like a surgery. Yes. And so if you have someone in your life who may have some serious traumatic pain that they Uh have to overcome, I want to give you a synopsis of what that looks like. Okay. So there's, and I'd call you, please forgive me, you're normal. Mm -hmm. I'm calling you normal. Like (laughs) this normal person who's had ups and downs and, and, you know, you have your own issues and concerns you have to work through. You're just at a normal level. Right. And yes. you not grow up with a trauma brain. Yes, know, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. So I'm going to call you for this, this, this piece of this. I'm going to call you normal. Okay. And so, or typical or, and, and not in a negative way. I know. I don't take that as a negative. Okay. I, I actually take that as a positive because with if you really think about that, a trauma brain is not what you should consider a normal brain. I mean, everybody does have traumas. Everybody does have things that you go through, but a trauma brain is not actually what you should consider a normal brain because the traumas that you went through and, you know, like the traumas I hear my husband talk about, those are not normal traumas. Those are not things that, for me, in my my normal brain, a normal trauma is my grandfather passed away. That was traumatic for me because... He was my go-to person. My grandmother passed away. My great-grandmother passed away. I still to this day get teary-eyed just thinking about the fact that she's not here. And I named my child after her. And that was my person. Her and her husband. That, that was my, they were my people. But they're not here. So that's traumatic for me. But your trauma is totally different than the trauma I am talking about. My trauma is the size of an ant compared to your ant eater. And and I and I don't compare traumas because the weight of the the weight that you felt yes is it 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 can be the same weight. Yeah. And, and when we talk about a trauma brain, what we're trying to say and eloquently because neither one of us I'm a doctor but not a uh <laughs> MD right. or a psychiatrist, right, right. or a psychologist. If you are a child and you are in an environment where traumatic incidents continuously happen over and mm-hmm. over again, your brain is routed for, you know, self-defense or, or you know, flight, fright, sleep, freeze. It's, it mm-hmm. just, it's, yeah, it's yeah. wrapped around differently. So yeah. maybe, maybe I'll research that and, 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 and do another podcast episode. But 
in general, one that has a, a brain that is uh, traumatized behaves differently. Yeah. And they think differently. And so I'm going to talk about what is, okay, trying to get this back on point. I want to talk about what it is, what it means to, what is an experience of getting through that level of trauma when you okay. are yeah. in that level of trauma. So um, I guess for those listeners who are new, or since everyone is kind of new to the podcast, hmm. it um, I'll talk more about myself and, and my experiences as as we go through. So I probably will be speaking in generalities for a little while mm-hmm. uh, so that we're not taking it away. I, I don't want us to focus on my my stuff, my ish, but more on you have someone in your life that has had some significant traumatic experiences and they may have some level of... Um, it, you're, they're pushing you away in all that they do. So I, I, I'll, that's, I just want to talk about the experience so that mm-hmm. someone outside can understand what it looks like and then and, and we'll go from there. So, yeah. all right. So before I went through my, it's a year ago, it's been about a year I started mm-hmm. the program. Before I went through that, um, the, my intensive outpatient program, the analogy I like to use is that I lived in a cave with no windows and I was covered in a suit of armor and there there was a door or there was no door handle on my side. Mm. So when people wanted to be close to me or understand me, they'd have to open the door and they could step in mm-hmm. and come in my world but I wasn't comfortable leaving my cave. Yeah. And so when I started this therapy, you know, if you're living in the dark, you're living in a cave, you start to believe a lot of negative things about yourself. And my core belief system about who I was, how I interacted with the world. And it it was terrible. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was just a very sad core belief system. And, and I'd let my husband in, you know, he Come in, we can keep the door open, propped open, but I'm not leaving. Yeah. So um, it's funny. Of course, Nakia is in my my uh, close friend group, and around this time, we were having a conversation about our feelings, our stuff, because yeah, we really do talk about that. <laughs> and I think Nakia had said that it her place, if she had to imagine where her happy place was. It was a field of flowers. Mm-hmm. And I was gobsmacked. I couldn't even fathom that that could be an option yeah. for me or anyone else. Like, I'm telling you, I still talk about it. I probably brought it up like a <laughs> dozen times. It, I became very envious and jealous that that was her, that was her, like, her her place, like my regular, my happy place is the doors open and somebody's in there. Mm-hmm. Like your regular place is a field of flowers. Like I'm telling you all, mm-hmm. I, I, I listen. I know exactly what I I was sitting upstairs. <laughs> we were on like a duo call, so it was in the pandemic time. Yeah. Uh, but at the beginning ish. Uh, yes, it was. It was. And. Uh, yeah, blew me away. I had to talk about it in therapy in all three of my sessions the next day about I didn't I the way that I thought and believed I couldn't 
understand that a field of flowers is an option. Mm-hmm. And so my goal was like, what would my what would my place look like if I didn't yeah. if my feelings and emotions weren't locked in a cave that was dark and I had on a suit of armor and under the suit of armor I don't even have a doorknob on the right. inside. So I talked to my therapist about it. I wrote about it, and you know the goal for me, the first goal was for me to just step outside of my cave, mm-hmm. keep my suit of armor on. I can I can be scared, and uh, one of the this in this this program I was in, I remember one of the young ladies saying, um, "It's a be scared, but do it anyway." Hmm. And so that was what my goal was. Like my first goal through this whole trauma process was being deathly afraid to step out of my cave into the light, mm-hmm. but doing it anyway. And so it took it took a while, like yeah. it, it took a while for me to just step out the door. But eventually, once I get outside this door, outside of my cave, I'm standing outside, and there's flowers. But <laughs> I have on this suit of armor, mm-hmm. and I don't want to take off my suit of armor, right? Because under my suit of armor are the sores and the wounds that I have, and and I can, it, I if I take it off. You know, they'll be exposed. It'll be easy. So it's still painful. It's I'm having this painful emotional experience under this suit of armor. But I, uh, if I take it off, you know, that armor is stopping some of that pain. Mm-hmm. But it's never healing. If I take off this armor, it's just going to be exposed to the everything. Yes. And it's going to be an immense amount of pain. Mm-hmm. And it's going to shock me and shock my system. And and when I and for me I have wounds from head to toe, scars. So it's not like once these heal, there won't be a scar. Yeah. I'm still scarred from some of the things I've experienced, some of the things that I went through, I've mm-hmm. seen. So it doesn't take away the heat. I have scars. Right. And so so in my lovely analogy, I um, I needed coping mechanisms and support to be able to take off this armor one one thing at a time, one mm-hmm. piece at a time, and feel the the excruciating pain that comes with that. Um, so at some point, you know, I'm this armor's off, and you know, I have my support system, you know, girding me up because I needed that. But it was painful. I spent hours and hours in the bed crying. Mm-hmm. Tired from crying. Couldn't eat. You know, forcing myself to eat. You know, my husband had to take on everything. We got two boys. You know, we have, we everybody's home. Right. You can't go anywhere. You know, and, and I'm in the bed crying at 3 p.m. I'm still working full time and because it was COVID I was it was blessed a blessing that I could actually do all the zoom stuff remotely Mm -hmm. and all the group stuff remotely and so there'd be times where I was full-on having a panic attack on the floor crying and my alarm goes off and I got to get it together to go to a meeting Mm -hmm. yeah I understand what you're saying so when we talk about getting healed in this sense, 
it's a, it's paralyzing and the, the amount of fear that comes over you when you think about all of the pain all the stuff you've gone through being exposed it is hard it is hard work for the person going through this experience to heal still have wounds still have, and, and even today i'm covered in wounds yeah but i'm still beautiful mm-hmm. and it, it is part of who i am and it is part of the reason why I have been able to then be so successful. Mm-hmm. And so while what created my the way that I think and the way that I move and my sense of integrity and all that good fun stuff, all that that created me was out of a, a ball of trauma. Yeah. But my at this point, I, I've used those skill sets to make myself in a better position and not repeat, repeat history for my children and continue on a generational curse. Right. So when you get healed or when you go through a healing, it doesn't mean that scar goes away. And, and the person going through the healing is afraid of the pain. They're afraid of what's going to happen to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and when you're in it, it feels like, Death. It it's a physical pain, and I know everyone out there. You, all of us, have experienced a, a death of emotion that it felt physically hurt. Yeah, like it, and and that's what it feels like. So it felt like I had taken off armor and exposed myself, and it's just uh, open wound from head to toe, and it's healing little by little. And if I put the armor back on, then I have to start over. Yeah. Because it's still, it's not healing it. It's not letting the air get to it. It's just covering it up and masking it. Right. So I've been masking my emotions for years and masking how I really feel and getting accomplishments after accomplishments to make myself feel like I have value mm-hmm. and validity. But in all, it, it was never going to be enough because my core belief was I should be in this cave you know, no one seeing me because all of these wounds on me are, it's terrible. You know, I've made bad decisions in my past. I've hurt people. I've lost friends, you know, because I did not have the ability to maintain relationships mm-hmm. because I was in survival mode. I've been in survival mode since the first day someone's actually assaulted me when I was a child. Yeah. So... It doesn't, it doesn't end. It, so it's like, so if, if you have someone like that in your life, it is really about being patient. My husband is a saint. Hmm. He put up with so much. And, you know, and it wasn't that I was abusive or it wasn't that, but I was controlling. I controlled everything. I'm so, and I, um, everything had to be just so. And the reason why, I, now I know, back then I didn't know, but mm-hmm. I understand now the reason why I needed everything to be right and you had to be this way. I didn't even know what time you're going to be here. And if you're going to be three minutes late while you're late, it was because I needed to feel safe. And the only way that I felt safe was trying to control everything around me. Right. And I had to relearn safety. Mm-hmm. I had to relearn that it doesn't matter if I if he said he'll be here at six o'clock and he's at six fifteen. It doesn't matter why it it doesn't impact my safety. I, and I don't have to be hyper vigilant. 
And it, it allows for me and my husband now to have such a, a open, dynamic relationship. It's insane. Right. I mean, there are still times I will say, I am not shit. Like, <laughs> I am still a human being. Sometimes he ain't shit either. But we love each other and we mm-hmm. can talk to each other and we can say the hard things to each other. Um, and it's really because of this process. Yeah. So, although in the beginning, it was a lot of work on him. Neither one of us, he had to go get help himself Mm -hmm. to help deal with me. He joined, um, for my program, they had a family support program and he joined that. So he's going to group family support, um, groups and and then he's getting the therapist on his own just to, to maintain with me going through what I'm going through. Right. Crying and I mean, y'all, oh my goodness. I didn't even know there was enough tears. And then the babies, oh my goodness. It was, you know, I, I have two very bright boys. And sometimes, oh, that little, oh my Otis. During this time frame, there have been times he would come into the room, mm-hmm. get in my bed and say, Mommy, you know we all love you. <laughs> like, I know, babe. As soon as he leaves, I lose it. Yeah, I would say that just, that just. Now my baby's having to take oh, care of no, me. It, yeah. Oh, Oh, wow. That no. just breaks your heart right there. Yeah, like, I'm a terrible mother. I gotta stop. I gotta stop. <laughs> and we beat ourselves up over everything. It's uncontrollable. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, it would require a significant amount of patience and know that there is a better side to that. Right. That, like, it, when someone can really get past those look at these wounds and, 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 and the scar and understand I'm okay. Yeah. I, I, this, I don't have to control every movement in order to feel safe. Mm-hmm. I'm an adult now. Yeah. And I'm in under control. And, and that takes time and it takes effort and it takes, it takes a lot, but it's, um, that would be my advice I would give to someone who's, to, helping someone that's going through a significant amount of trauma. Mm-hmm. And and this is not to discount. I, I don't think there's a big... Tr- okay, if you felt fear of snakes the same way that I feel fear of puff, fluffy clouds, I, I don't think one weighs more than, more the, than other. the other. Yeah, A feeling is a feeling. And I think sometimes we want to say, well, my feeling is stronger because mine is worse than yours. Yes, yeah. We, we get in this... Uh, what we call it the pain the Olymp- pain olympics the pain yep. olympics because my i can i can one down you yeah you know like oh I, this is so bad so you shouldn't you should be catering to me because mm-hmm. my but you don't know the degree that someone feels something about a situation Absolutely. you you yeah. have no idea so the depth of pain or the depth of emotion that you may be feeling could be identical and the circumstances would be totally different mm-hmm. and you would react differently and that's okay, but it doesn't minimize their pain. Yes. And it's hard to realize yeah. that. Like, I don't know why she crying. She got all of this. I don't know why she mad. I don't mm-hmm. know what he... But then you got people like how I am where since I don't have so much trauma, I can feel for people who do and feel your pain not taking it on but I'm able to empathize empathize with your pain to where I understand where you need us you know where we we are needed in that situation the people who are not in that not in that trauma thought 
to help you and bring the neosporin to kind of put on that that wound and rub it in and you know not make you feel bad because you're going through your trauma but just be that that extra little bit of a a pain relief so it's funny so okay what you said, I, one, I'm allergic to neosporin. I kid you not. I'm absolutely allergic. I forgot about that. I am that. allergic to yes. neomycin. Like, yo, so now you don't even want me to heal. <laughs> right. But I think, look at that analogy, though. Mm-hmm. Like, your ability to empathize is great. But think about it. If I'm covered in sores mm-hmm. and you're rubbing it, you're not taking the pain away. You're adding more pain. Yeah. And and it has to heal on its own. And my body has to do the healing by itself. Hmm. And so, okay. And see, I didn't think about it like that. Yeah, you know, it, I'm thinking of the, the outside looking in. I want to help. But when you, the way you just said it makes me realize sometimes helping is letting you work through the process and stopping, like me. Me being the person that wants to just jump in and make you feel better, I can't because it's not going to make you feel better. Now it's it's just like your baby getting in the bed saying you're okay. Mm-hmm. It's just making you feel worse worse for feeling bad. <laughs> I under, I followed what you were saying. Yeah. I, I totally understand what you're saying. But that's kind of... Where I'm getting it. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. You have your intentions are good. Yes. And yeah. you want the best. So being empathetic is great. Patience may be more needed than yeah. the anything. But there's some things require time yeah. and air hmm. and space to heal. Because, you know, you may be the suit of armor if you keep. Ooh, yeah. You may be the suit of armor. And that's not what you want to become in that situation. Because mm-hmm. that just makes it worse. Yep. Hmm. Yep. You just opened my eyes to some more stuff. I didn't think of it like that. Yeah. And it, it's. Because who does. First of all, who in the black community is out <laughs> here getting inpatient, out, uh, intensive outpatient <laughs> therapy, right. you know, and, and saying it and mm-hmm. saying it out loud for other people to know so it can be normalized so that yeah. people are like. I am about to lose my ish. They don't feel like they they have to go to hard drugs or right. you know a, a, some type of abuse. Yeah, you know, like we don't talk about it. We don't say about it. So that's why I'm. I went to therapy. It was intensive, you know. And then unfortunately, it is expensive. So I, I so we're. I recognize that as well. That it's not sometimes it's I, I'm not doing it. That's not what I do. And sometimes it's I can't afford to do it. Yeah. So I, I do recognize that. Yeah. And I mean, an insurance does not pay for as much of it as it should. Uh, insurance, I would agree. Insurance should pay for, I think therapy should be covered 100% by insurance. I would agree with you. But I mean, I also feel like a lot of insurance should be at 100% and it's not. <laughs> but yeah. I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. So. That would be my advice. That mm-hmm. my advice is it is a little bit different. And yeah, it's 
there's a benefit on the other side. The other side of this thing is health. Yeah. Like I'm mentally healthy. So for those that want to know what, what I, what it looks like for me now, like when you close your eyes and you imagine, ah, I am in a hammock Hmm. in a meadow. There's a slight breeze. I have on a flowy gown and I'm in, and I can, I can, I'm laying in the hammock. I can literally hear the birds chirping. You can hear the butterflies moving. You can hear like the grass swaying. Mm -hmm. There's flowers everywhere, but it's more of a meadow. And these two huge trees are what is what keeping the uh, hammock. the hammock up. And I, I'm just swinging back and forth. Like that's my happy place. And so when I learned to meditate, and I love meditating, when I learned to meditate, I um over time that like that's what came to me. And mm-hmm. and that's and when I have it on a minute, I can get there like two minutes of quietness. Mm-hmm. I can be in the, that happy place just swinging. And just feeling like the greatness that I am, you yeah. Know? I can feel the sun on me, and but I can still feel the breeze. It's just like this perfectness. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just, that's where I live now, and that's where you're supposed to live. Really, it is. You know, I'm not saying anybody's situation is wrong, but I personally feel like I want everybody to live in a field of meadow. Or I'm sorry, I want everybody to live in a field of flowers. Mm-hmm. Because even though I'm allergic to pretty much any flower you put in front of me, that's not even how I feel when I'm in my field. I just, I'm just there. And it's just everything. It's that perfect smell. Like just the smell is just perfect. Mm -hmm. That's the only way I can describe it. It is. Every smell that makes me happy is what I smell when I'm in my field. I love the smell of chocolate chip cookies. And there, I smell my chocolate chip cookies. You know, I love the smell of lavender. Oh, and I have lavender and my calla lilies are just everywhere. It's great. It is the best place ever. And I did have a moment where I stopped going to my field and it was like my flowers were dying. It felt like my flowers were dying. And that was that moment where I realized even though I it may make people feel like it's their fault or anything of that nature, I needed to make sure I was getting the help I needed. And that's when I signed up for therapy too. And I lucked out. Like most people have to go through multiple therapists before they find the right one. And you're supposed to, you know, if you don't feel like you're getting what you need from your therapist, that's not the therapist you need, you know? And also you have to realize that your therapist is not supposed to tell you what you want to hear. They're going to tell you what you need to Mm. hear. And a lot of people search for a therapist that's going to tell them what they want to hear. Mm. You're not helping yourself. Well, my therapist, she started talking to me and was like, yeah, you know, that doesn't make sense. And I was like, "I'm, you know, I'm side-eyeing. You know, I'm like, (laughs) you can't tell me that. You know, of course, for everyone out there, I am a very, very spoiled person. (laughs) 
<laughs> I am a very spoiled person. And telling me no, you can't tell me no. That ain't the way you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to tell me yes. You're supposed to tell me this is what I, you know, you're supposed to tell me what I want to hear, not what you think I need to hear. No. She's supposed to tell me what I need to hear. So I can tell myself what I want to hear. She's telling me what I need to hear. And talking to her, I've only had, I'm going on my fourth session with this woman. And I'm already starting to come back to my field. And my flowers are blooming and they look beautiful. You know, because she has helped me realize that there are things that I have to do for myself, even though I want to put others first. I have to make sure that I put me first. Mm -hmm. And I, for years, I put me first because I was single, no kids. I was living my best life. I was having a good time being me. But then, you know, once I got married, I started feeling like I needed to put him before me. And I didn't realize that, no, you still need to put you up there. You need to be putting yourself first. And, you know, me and him, we we differentiate and the way we feel about it. You know, he feels like, you know, I do make sure I put myself first, but I don't feel like that. And, you know, he makes sure he puts me first, but I have to make sure he puts himself first, too. So, you know, going back and forth with things like that. But, you know, talking to my therapist again kind of helped me realize these are my most important people in my life. Yes. But I have to make sure that I am one of the important people because mm-hmm. I forgot that. Mm-hmm. And that's when that field started dying. Mm-hmm. And now I'm starting to realize, no. No, 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 no. You're important. I know I'm I know I'm important. Yes, I know. But I stopped putting my importance out there. Like my 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 importance. I'm saying it right, right? Yeah. Importance, yeah. It it was you were not primary. You, no. You you no. had a husband and two children. You put them first. Yes. But you never even put yourself on the plate. Yeah, like there's three people that are important. That's it. It's not me. I'm not one of those three. It's only these three people. But she's starting to make me real. You know, I'm starting to listen and I'm listening to her talking to me. And she's like, but yeah, you are. And when you do a place of four places, you know, you're number one and all three of them are number two. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you got to also remember that you can't, you can't leave God out of it. So, you know, he's at the top, you know, he doesn't even have to have a ranking. He's over it all. But then I need to come next because until I'm good, I can't make the three that I think I'm making good. I can't make them good mm-hmm. because I'm not good. Yep. And I mean, it's, it's great to now realize it again. It is because I felt myself going down a path that was not, that wasn't me. You know, I'm always the the cheery, happy-go-lucky person you see everywhere. To have somebody that I hadn't talked to in a very long time, you know, pop up at work and was like, are you okay? And I was like, what do you mean? And the person was like, yeah, no, this isn't you. It's not you. I don't feel the same person I knew I've known for years, you know, 
And this is just a person I used to work with when I was on nights. And, you know, it was like, nah, this ain't, this is, this doesn't sound like you. And no, that's not what made me go to therapy, but just things like that, you know, just when others outside were looking in and were like, something's not right. It made it click for me that, no, I'm not, I'm not taking care of me. I have to. So yeah, therapy, it, <laughs> my parents never, ever talked about therapy. Ever. I didn't even know that therapy existed growing up. I didn't know anybody in therapy. I didn't know that it was a thing. I knew mental health was a thing, but I didn't grow up as a child knowing about therapy. I didn't know about therapy until I was, you know, teenage years because I had a friend who had things happen. And that's when I started finding out about, you know, what psychiatrists really did, what psychologists do and everything, which is a huge factor in making me get my degree in psychology because just learning that stuff. And it's so funny that I got a degree in psychology and was scared to go to therapy. I still, to this day, I'm like, the heck is wrong with you? But yeah, therapy is great. Everybody should go to therapy. Everybody, whether you think you need it or you should go. You should just go because even if you're just having a crappy day and you need somebody to talk to, to show you or talk to you and let you know your crappy day is valid and you are allowed to have a crappy day, but you are not allowed to let that crappy day be an end all for everything for you. You can grow and strive and keep moving and it's okay. That's amazing. (laughs) That's amazing. So let me ask you. How do you put yourself first? One of the biggest things I do now is anytime I feel that something is attacking my field, I put up an invisible shield. And it is a shield that protects my whole field. You can't come in under it. You can't dig under it. It is a force field. And I just, I stop it. I stop it because the only way those things can get into my field and and tear it up is if I allow it. So I put up a shield. You can't, you can't do this to me. You can't bring me down. You can't stop me. No, it's a shield. I have a shield. So did you first identify what your what your happy place is, like what that looks like. Yes. And then once you knew what that looked like, your second step would be to protect that peace. Yes. So when things come to say, okay, you know, my my back hurts, my body hurts, like, no, get up and go Mm -hmm. take care of your body because you need it. It's, you know, it's those little things. Like, no, I need time for me. Yes. Uh, My baby has one, baby two, (laughs) husband one. (laughs) Uh, I need you all to, I need an hour. I need two hours. I need time for myself. Yeah. I need to go go talk to grown women outside of my home yeah. for a minute. I need to take a sewing class. I need to make a t-shirt. I need to read a book. I need to be left alone. Yes. I need somebody else to do the laundry. That's putting yourself first. Yeah. That's I just I just need to drive somewhere. Just just drive. I don't care if I drive in circles for an hour. 
I just need to be away from everybody just for 10 minutes, if that's all. Just need just a moment, you know, and I, I, that was one thing I did not do. I had, I would pick them kids up, put them in the car and go everywhere with them. No issues. Never once did I say, no, their, their daddy is a, a great daddy. I don't have to take them with me. He is fully capable of, of keeping them here. You go and take your butt to the store, grab the groceries, and get on back. You're fine. You know, just taking that just random mental break, you know, that random as heck. I'm going to the grocery store and grab a banana. That's all. I'm just going to grab one freaking banana. <laughs> but I am going. Mm-hmm. I am leaving this house, and I am not taking any of you with me. And I am going to take my 10 minutes, 10 minutes, and just have a mental break. That's it. That's beautiful. Yeah. I, and I think it's it's everything. It's I'm going to buy this new perfume. Oh. I'm going to wear makeup today. I'm not going to wear makeup today. <laughs> I'm going to dress up today. I'm going to keep my pajamas on today. That's it's, right. It's whatever it, it is that you want. Yeah. If you're not hurting yourself for someone else. I agree. Because there, I mean, there's levels to this thing. Yeah, absolutely. But in general, it just in general, I would say, it's it's that thing that makes you feel good. Yeah. That thing that you think, oh, it'd be so selfish of me to to hide into my office for two hours yeah. while my husband deal with the boys. Hmm. So you know, the takeaways I would say for today: talk to a therapist, even if you don't think you need one. Yes. Just, yes. just do it. Just find. Imagine, if you will, you could just say anything about anyone to and how you really felt about something. You can just pour it out. I do that now, like just in general, because Mm -hmm. it is what it is. I mean, I I still keep things away from people because it's not their business. Well, yeah. But for the most part, yeah, I'm a pretty much open book. And I'll just tell you, like, Mm -hmm. this is what happened. Um, But, you know, that that right there, just... The fact that you are talking to somebody who is not, you, your therapist is not going to judge you. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're not going to judge you. So you can literally, and, and, and you got HIPAA laws, so they're not going to tell nobody. All right. <laughs> Add that in. Well, they and, just help. And you can just tell them, unless you are doing something illegal. Are you are potentially going to harm yourself or others? They will not tell what you're doing. So you can literally give them that everything that is on your chest. Just everything. Just give it to them. Mm. And let them be that neutral person. Not somebody who's your friend. Because your friend is going to give you what you need to or what you want to hear. Versus what you need to hear. This is a neutral person. So you can just give it all to them. Get it off your chest. And it's great. Second item that I would say to take away is find your happy space. Absolutely. Find what it is that you like mm-hmm. and, 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 and identify that. And, and, you know, whatever that is. And it's okay that it's varying. Yes. You don't have to be. Maybe your, in, your happy place is in pajamas watching Netflix <laughs> uninterrupted. For a whole day, binge watching something. That's been my happy place. And that sounds so great. I might do that tomorrow. You know, 
So yeah, find your happy place and then protect it. Yes. You know, by no means am I encouraging you to quit your job and only watch Netflix because that would be a bad idea. Please don't do that. (laughs) But with moderation and and common sense, you know, protect that. Now, we've, we've, everyone, we're, this this is what I want to do from 9 a.m. into 2 p.m. I want to watch Netflix on this TV Mm -hmm. uninterrupted with my popcorn and my bottle of wine. That's what I want. What do you need from me before this this begins? Yes. Because, you know, we don't, I'll make sure, you know, everyone's got their thing. Everybody's taken care of. Mm-hmm. Leave me alone. I love you, but that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And you sit down and you do it. So protect it. So when they come down there, uh, are you really going to watch TV all day? Yes. And I asked you, please leave me alone. Uh, the kids are hungry. We discussed this. Mm-hmm. I don't get a pizza. Want some noodles? <laughs> right. Take them to your mama's house. Yep. Whatever you gotta do. Right. Do what you need to do. Protect your peace. Yes. Get a therapist. Find your peace. Protect your peace. Absolutely. Put yourself first. And Nakia, thank you for being here. Thank you for being my very first interview guest. Absolutely. I greatly appreciate it. Um, and again, if you uh, have any questions or if you have any topics like discussed on the show, let me know. Send me an email at myquestion at expectedvictorypodcast.com. As always, I wish you love, encouragement, abundance, and health. Thanks for joining us this week on the Expected Victory Podcast. If you have a topic you want discussed, send your questions to myquestion at expectedvictorypodcast.com. As always, subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and please leave a rating on iTunes so that we can continue to bring you episodes you love. Thanks for listening and see you next time.